Welcome to Crosstown Cardboard, a sports card podcast with two collectors from opposite sides of New York City. Craig and Carmine share sports card stories from the perspective of a teacher and broadcaster. This is Crosstown Cardboard. Welcome to Crosstown Cardboard, episode 10. I'm Carmine at Carmine's Cards the broadcaster, and that's Craig at New York City Sports Cards, the teacher, the soccer coach. We're already cracking up. I think we rambled on for about 25 minutes before starting our recording because the Wolfpack is all together for episode 10. And the topic here is card life balance. How do you balance the time for your cards? How do you balance the time for your life? And so before we get into that, and our first ever guest on the Crosstown Cardboard podcast which could not have been any better we just wanted to throw this out there to please like and subscribe on youtube we're getting up there i think we're close to 60 subscribers and uh, thank you to everybody who's sticking around and hanging out with us and also subscribe and give a five-star rating on any podcast tell a friend and just keep this hobby community growing and uh pumping our positivity which has become a phrase ever since uh, our last episode so craig how do you uh plan on introducing our esteemed number one guest here not only is this guy a great friend also how could i forget carmine great to see you hope you're having a great night yeah you too Uh, thank you not only is this guest a great friend he is such a positive influence on the hobby he he works hard he does the right thing and he comes from a really good place so when we talk about balancing the positivity in the hobby and real life there's really no other perfect person for it so I guess it's time to introduce our good friend, Rob Gerard, the sports card therapist. Rob, how are you doing tonight? Craig, Craig and Carmine, what is going on, guys? Thank <laughs> you so much for having me on. It's it's an honor to uh, be your first guest on the show. I appreciate that introduction. Uh, it's, it's, it's great to be the first guest because immediately... I became a fan of your podcast, and it's not just because we're friends, but uh, I mean, you guys are putting out seriously some of the best content in the hobby already at only episode 10. So, you know, just keep doing what you guys are doing. Thanks, Rob. That means a lot. And we definitely consider you our big brother in the hobby. Uncle Rob, maybe. You know, we have Cousins (laughs) Collectibles, and we have Uncle Rob. So you mentioned recently, Rob, that... You know, you're, you're doing all these roundtables, like Craig mentioned, you're doing so much good for the hobby. And I couldn't believe the stats that you rattled off when people were talking about the Spotify streams and putting that on their story. And the stat that stuck out to me was that you're in the top 10% of the most followed podcasts of any category. And also, you've put out the top 5% of podcast minutes created in the leisure category. And so that leads me to the question of what does your balance look like between your two young kids? Because we know we have a lot of family oriented people, whether it's girlfriends, wives, kids, jobs, responsibilities. How do you balance all that productivity in your content creation with your two young kids and your wife? I tell you, man, I... I wish I had an answer for that. You know, I don't think I do it perfectly. You know, that's something that I know is, is it's kind of like a daily, a daily balancing act for me. Sometimes it feels like, you know, um, I've, uh, my wife definitely gets on me about 
you know, spending too much time on cards, you know, or spending too much time with the podcast, she'll, she'll be straight up and she'll tell me, you know, and, uh, and, you know, some days she's, she's really cool with it and, and super proud of like what I've been able to do. And then other days she's like freaking cards, you know, and that's all she has to say is like <laughs> cards. So, so I think like what I've tried to do is I've tried to minimize the amount of time on my phone you know, and really like, okay, when it's family time, I need to make sure it's family time when I'm disconnected. And I'm not saying I'm perfect at that because there are times where I could be like a teenage girl, you know, on my phone, you know, and, and it's not even so much the social media. It's, it's, it's like eBay, you know, it's just sitting there scrolling. Like I can get lost just scrolling auctions for hours and, my wife's like, why, why do you enjoy looking at cards that you don't own or that you're not going to buy? And I'm like, I mean, I just, I love window shopping. You know, I love being able to just kind of, you know, stroll around a card show and look at cards and, and just admire them for the pieces of art that they are. So, so to answer your question, I haven't figured out a balance. It, it's something I'm, I still struggle with on a, on a day-to-day basis. But the fact though, that I am aware of the fact I need to actually continue to work on it. That's a good thing. It's a lot better than being oblivious. You know what I mean? I'm kind of in that, I'm in that preparation slash action stage of change. They talk about stages of change. Um, and, and for everything in life, we're in a stage of change. You know, so like if I'm like, I need to be on a diet um, that says right there, I'm probably in preparation or action because I'm I'm figuring out what I need to do to maybe lose weight. But if I'm sitting there in complete denial about it, that's like stage one. That's pre-contemplation. So it's good that I'm at least aware, like, okay, I need to constantly be trying to balance my life because I don't want to you know, ruffle the feathers with my wife. I want to make sure I'm paying enough attention to my kids. I don't want to look back on, you know, 10 years from now with my kids and be like, oh my God, I spent all that time freaking making podcasts. Like, I don't want to do that. Right. So it's, it is kind of like a daily, like, let me take my inventory and make sure I'm still on the pedestal kind of thing. Yeah. I think that that self-awareness is pretty valuable and it's different for everyone. Like you're a family man, you got your kids, you got your wife, you got your job, but balancing it looks different for everyone you know for me it's time with my wife my job i don't have kids yet then you go even younger kids who are in high school are in the hobby you know don't forget your homework don't forget your responsibilities you have to do at home so it's like what you said having that self-awareness but just to paint the picture when you say spending too much time on cards obviously we all do it differently but generally speaking would you say it's fair to say that's like scrolling through instagram and or eBay and then shows on the weekends and maybe some YouTube content. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would say so. I mean, so I think probably the most of my time is probably spent. If I'm on my phone, it's probably like putting together collages and trying to kind of like for in order to promote my next upcoming episode because typically i have about two episodes a week that i'm putting out you know so some of them are easy some of them are not as easy to to make so i'm I'm putting collages together um scrolling instagram for sure um i've been trying to spend less time on instagram though because that can kind of you know get you sucked in um guilty but i i am just always consuming content though 
you know, so even, even when I don't have my phone open, a lot of times I'll have like my, my earbud in, you know, and I'll have it right in my ear and I'll be listening to podcasts. You know, I mean, there's, there's probably like five to seven main sports card podcasts that I listen to a week. And as soon as I wake up in the morning, even if I'm home and I'm just kind of walking around making my coffee, you know, uh, maybe throwing a load of laundry and that type of thing, I'm listening to content. Like no matter what I'm doing, it's like I'm listening to it and it's just because I cannot get enough of cards. Yeah, I'm the same exact way. And a lot of times it's the Sports Card Therapist podcast or re-listening to ours, Cousins Collectibles, the newest members of the Wolfpack, Stacking Slabs with Brett and people like that. And one of the things that I've been talking about with my regular therapist about you know consuming content and not being overwhelmed is like meditation practices and trying to figure out that balance of how to not be always consuming stuff and absorbing information. So I was curious, especially from a therapist perspective, Rob, since that is your day job, what do you do when you feel overwhelmed with all the sports cards, with your responsibilities to the hobby and family to get a little off time and recharge the batteries? Yeah, good question, man. Um, you know, I think on a bigger on a bigger life perspective, um, so I used to do I used to practice a lot of four square breathing, and that's basically like, you know, closing your eyes, taking a slow deep breath in for four seconds, holding your breath for four seconds, slowly letting it out for four seconds, holding it for four seconds. You think about what a box looks like. Basically, each line is four seconds and you just go around and around kind of thing. Um But I think sometimes, I mean, it's really good to just disconnect sometimes, but I'd be lying if I said I disconnect a lot, you know, because I I have figured out a way to, I think, pack seven pounds of crap into a five pound bag, you know, so it's like. I, I, I truly don't feel overwhelmed or burnt out by the hobby. Craig and I were on the phone the other night um, and we were talking about how last year, probably about nine months or so ago, I think we had both. It was weird because I do remember it being around the same time that we both kind of hit this point where we were feeling burnt out. And it wasn't so much on the hobby as a whole, but we were feeling burnt out with our flips, you know, because we were both kind of in that in that mode of just like flipping, flipping, flipping. It's like, you know, before I even get get the card in the mail, it's already sold to someone else type thing. You know what I mean? And um, it just it it took away, I think, from the cards when I was doing Mm -hmm. that. But at the same time, it, it was fun. You know, it's a rush and, you know, I think I was feeding off of Craig's energy and I'm sure he was feeding off of mine, you know, cause we'd be in the wolf pack chat, just like check out my next pickup, check out my next pickup, check out my next pickup. And, uh, so I had to take a step back and ask myself kind of what Craig has said multiple times and just said it on my pod last week. He said like, what do I want my collection to look like 10 years from now? Because when I was doing all that flipping, there was a lot of cards in those flips that I would have loved to have in my 10-year collection. But I was so wrapped up in flipping that I just moved it just to move it. So I don't want to say that I disconnect or unplug from the hobby or really from social media because I think I do balance it 
in, in a way to where it feels balanced. But I have had to take a step back from the dealer side, from the flipping standpoint, because I just want to enjoy the cards. Good point you make about the disconnecting. It is hard. It's hard to just go a day and not scroll through Instagram and do the cards. But some at the same time, we're, we're lucky we have a hobby. I've had people say to me, like, oh, I'm jealous. Like, I wish I, I had something I was, like, that passionate about or that type of hobby because you do try to disconnect from life sometimes, but it is a part of our lives. Like, I'll, I'll be honest. I was at a wedding this summer. It was – was that the wedding? In, yes, it was in Buffalo. We were talking about Josh Allen earlier. There you go. And I remember the middle of the wedding. I vaguely remember because like it was it was midnight at this point. And I actually sold the card on eBay. Couldn't help myself. So, but I think taking a step back sometimes and thinking like, all right, what are my responsibilities in life? Am I doing a good job at work? Am I, you know, spending the right amount of time with my family? Well, if as long as I'm doing all that, then the time that I'm spending on the cards doesn't get in the way, then we're all good. I feel like sometimes, too, when you have so much going on, like, Rob, you were talking about packing seven pounds of crap into a five-pound bag, it almost reinvigorates you more. Like, if you're tired and you go work out, now your blood's oxygenated, you feel like you're ready to go, and you're actually more energized than you were before you expended this energy. And I feel like sometimes with the hobby, too, it seems like that can be just something to do. And like I talked about on our earlier Mount Rushmore episode, which we just found out, Rob, you have a tattoo of Mount Rushmore, which is awesome. One of my Mount Rushmore things was it's something productive you can do with your time as far as like reasons why we love the hobby. And, uh, but it can't be like too much with the flip, like you guys were saying too. And I feel like the market of cards taking a little bit of a dip recently has made it easier to go after things that you like rather than just flipping and flipping and flipping. Yeah. Yeah. And, and very well said, man. And, you know, I think like I, I was thinking about six to nine months ago and I'm like, man, if this market keeps on going down, I'm going to really start picking up some big grail cards. But then now that like I'm here and I'm in it, I'm like, well, I don't know if I want to spend 10 grand on a Babe Ruth when for all I know, it could be worth eight grand two months from now. Right. So I don't know if I want to, I don't know when the right time is to make a big grail purchase. So what I have been doing is I've been trying to figure out different smaller side PCs that I like, you know, so I've been, I feel, and I feel like I've been getting more enjoyment from that than even all those flips I was doing last year. You know what I mean? Like, so Mickey Mantle is on the top of my PC pyramid. So instead of putting all my money into really high-end Mickey Mantle cards, I'm being a bit more cautious, holding back. And I started building a um, a Phil Rizzuto PC. You know, he played, he played second base on the same World Series winning teams as the Mick did, you know, and I grew up listening to him commentate the Yankee games. So I, I have a connection to Phil Rizzuto as well. And so I can still collect from that era, from the same team, and still really celebrate and learn about those World Series wins of my favorite team. But I don't need to put a ton of money into these high-end cards when I don't know when, where the floor is going to be if that makes sense. 
when you said Phil Rizzuto, I thought of the scene from Billy Madison when he's writing Rizzuto on the chalkboard, but he doesn't know how to write Z's. I really hope, <laughs> I really hope you get that reference. <laughs> you, you're the first person, and I've talked about my Phil Rizzuto PC a lot. You are the first person to ever bring up that Billy Madison reference, and I never made that connection before. It's hilarious. He just did the little scribbles instead. That's funny. And I'll tell you what, Rob, from uh, personal experience, as far as, you know, saying high-end cards, this is a Tiger Woods rookie auto SP authentic. If you're not watching on YouTube, numbered out of 274 that I got from Dave over at Extraordinary Cards. And it's a great rookie auto of a goat, right? And a BGS 9.5 on-card auto. I need this that. Card, but but just to, to, to pay off your point, Rob, when you're saying, where's the floor of this market? When I traded for this card, we valued it around 7K. Guess what the recent comps were on it? 4K. Mm. Whoa. Yeah. Which I think, I mean, mm. I think that is not only due to the market. I mean, golf is hardly ever talked about let alone when it's in, you know, fall and winter and the season's over and done with. So I think that has a lot to do, you know, Tiger Woods hasn't had any controversies and he's not on the golf course. So, you know, I think that that has a lot to do with why that card's going down. But, you know, I don't know what, like, just to pay off your point of, you know, not wanting to stash your money into a big card, not knowing where the floor is. That's one thing. And I was like, ooh. Wow, because those comps were like this week, and I looked at it. I was like, man, but you know what? I'm okay holding that card, like the cards behind you and the cards behind Craig, because you know we really like these guys and these cards and feel like there's long-term value there. But it still hurts to see you know, that comp that's like 60% of what it was before. If it makes you feel any better, Carmon, I traded for a card at 625 value roughly two hours ago, and it sold five minutes ago for 450. So (laughs) sometimes you got to take one on the chin. Yeah, no kidding. It's still a card I like. And like that Tiger Woods, it was a while ago that you traded for it. It almost kind of feels like a sunk cost at this point. This is what you have. This is your collection. What you do with it next, we'll see. But I mean, it's still incredible Tiger Woods card to have. Yeah. Well, and I, I think if did you trade because did you trade for that Tiger Woods? Like how yeah. you don't need to tell me the amount of cash, but what percentage was cash? Oh, no. no, no, that's okay. I traded we valued my trade for thirty six hundred and I added thirty six hundred of cash, but I'm really into it for about forty eight hundred and fifty. Because yeah, I was into definitely. the cards I traded really at a really good value. So yeah, definitely. Um, man. Yeah. And, so and I the thing safe. is, I, I think if that is one of the few hacks, I guess if you want to call it a hack, uh, you know, around paying full comps for a card now or whatever comps are, right? Is it's like it's like Craig, if I'm gonna make a trade with you, you know, my card that's gonna be down fifty percent a month from now for your card that's gonna be down fifty percent a month from now. That's kind of an even thing, you know. But for me to just come out of my pocket and pay seven K cash and then have it drop to four, oh. that would be like a kick to the to the old jubblies, you know what I mean? So <laughs> I'm glad I didn't do that. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, the fact though that you know you were in the trade for so little that that's nice you know and and i do love the idea of being able to trade i really do you know i think the trading you comes. know what yeah exactly 
definitely trading cards and uh you know ken sports card lessons a fellow wolfpack member just had a great episode last week and and i'm I'm not bringing him up just to plug him either because his episode um i actually told him last week i said dude that was one of the best episodes you've ever put out it was called like the unwritten rules of trading or are there any rules with trading oh yeah who makes the rules man and i was like um, I saw the title of the episode. I knew it would be a good episode because Ken always puts out good content. So I didn't question whether or not it would be good. But in my mind, I already I thought I already knew what he was probably going to say. You know, it's like I, I figured I probably knew what the show was going to consist of. But man, the way that he broke it down and and <clears throat> it's true, it really is like the Wild West out there. And I think if you have good hobby etiquette and the other person has good hobby etiquette, it's not about getting the better of what in the deal. I think it's about, you know, making deals with people that both sides are happy with, you know, um, you know, if if I have a Jackie Robinson and the guy across from me has a Mickey Mantle and the comps are right around the same, um, I have no problem if I lose, you know, what maybe five percent value because I really want that Mickey Mantle and he wants my Jackie and I know that's going to a good home. So and if cards are going down, both our cards are probably going down. So, you know, I think I think trading is still a great way to not really lose money in this hobby and still be able to curate our collection. Well said. And Craig always says too, that uh, the greatest deals are when both people are happy. You know I mean? That, that, that's what I want to say. Definition of a good trade. Both people are happy. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And so it's a perfect time to do that. Like you said, Rob, and Craig, you had looked like you had a point that you wanted to make. No, I was gonna talk about something completely irrelevant to what we were just discussing. Oh, but, that, that that's fine because the, originally the topic was card well, life balance. We stayed on that for about thirty seconds, this and is, uh, yeah. this is this is better. This is why you're so good at transitions. You just laid it up for me to then continue talking about work life balance, but in a different way. <laughs> Not so. We kind of went into the importance of balancing both and being self aware, but. How about like cards and not life balance, but in inclusion? Maybe Rob, you're a good example. You have you have kids. You know, do you make them a part of cards? Do you make cards a part of their life? Maybe a little young, but you know, even something as simple as sometimes when I'll get packs from Target, my wife will open the packs and she'll say the team name and I'll have to guess the player. So we have a little fun with it. That's oh. so maybe there's something like you do with your kids or I don't know if your wife's into it at all. Carmine, like I know your your girlfriend jumps for joy over your pickups. So she, she's always very, very excited. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I mean, I know I know one thing and, and I'm actually one of my roundtables this week uh, coming up on Friday is going to be with the women in the hobby, you know, so I have a great roundtable discussion that's coming up about that. And, and just talking about, you know, women's inclusion in the hobby. And, and I know that, you know, so I have a two and a half year old daughter, I have a six month old son and, and I'm, I'm hoping my son's involved in cards, right? But I'm also really hoping my daughter's involved in cards. You know, I, my daughter knows what my cards are. She holds my cards. You know, there's been a few times where I've come home with some pretty big cards. Um, you know, like my 51 Bowman Mickey Mantle, you know, first thing I did, first thing I did when I came home 
after I got that was I gave it to her to hold and start playing around with it, you know, just kind of looking at it and, and she's good with it. It's not like she's, she's not going to chuck it or, or <laughs> ronk spike it, you know, <laughs> you know, so she, she's pretty good with it, you know, but I, I just, it means, I know how much that card means to me. And the fact that she's playing with that card, that means the world to me. It's almost like introducing your fiance to your parents for the first time you know it's like it, it means so much to you to see this meeting take place so it means so much to me to see my daughter holding a card that means so much to me it sounds like i think unless you've like really really been there it sounds kind of hokey but and i'm not trying to make it sound too you know get too emotional with it but it it is something really cool and, and, and i hope that the hobby becomes a place where where you know females and and girls and teenage girls not just boys but like you know really feel comfortable and really feel like it could be their place i think about how many kids how many boys have come up to my table saying um hi i'm doing the trade-up challenge you have anything you would trade for this i haven't had a single girl come up to me though and say that you know and that's something i'm i'm kind of thinking about i would love to see the hobby get to that place I was going to say, I was, thought someone was cutting onions in here for a w- little bit. But um, I want to share. Leave the jokes to Carmine. Leave the jokes to Carmine. <laughs> Listen, Carmine can't miss with the yeah. jokes, okay, Greg? I'm just, sorry. I'm just trying to back Greg the looks. Stick to your white shorts, okay? Greg has the looks. You know, he can't have everything. I mean, come on. That's true. That's true. I, I do want to shout out. Uh, we love shout outs on here. Lakeside oh, yeah. Collects on Instagram. Lakeside Collects. Dan Ogilvy, he's a fellow educator. Oh yeah, he's re- yeah. Dan, he's reached out to yeah. me before. So he's great a great guy. guy, and you know we talk about balancing cards with your family, but he does a really good job at including his kids. So they would do this thing where they get a new card, and his kids would he would film his kids talking about the card and the player, and like what an amazing way to balance your love for the hobby with your family by just merging the two together. And you're getting a little taste of that, Rob, when uh, when your daughter holds that Bowman Mickey Mantle. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, that seems like a natural thing to just want to do, like combine two things. Like you said, your your fiance meeting your parents or your college friends meeting your home friends or like, you know, my girlfriend, <laughs> speaking of how excited she was about cards, she goes to all my city league uh, basketball games here in Medford, Oregon. And she she was so excited about that one that um, we beat a team by 25 this last Sunday. And I was like, oh, honey, did you see, you know, I was scoring, I was passing, all that, you know, rebounding, defense. She's like, oh, it's it's actually good that I didn't see a lot of your plays because you guys lost, right? And I was like, no, I was like, we won by 25. <laughs> anyway, it's just that to say that I appreciate, you know, having her – who I care about so much, watch me do something that I care about so much. And it just seems like when you have those two things come together, it's like just like some synergy that takes place that you really can't explain. I'm picturing that scene from Dodgeball where the guy like looks up in the crowd and sees his wife talking to like a much, <laughs> much better yes. looking man. Yes. The guy so with like, the glasses, yes. yeah. So and then Carmine I'm after getting all angry. Like, he's his wife talking to some some guy and Carmine just grabs the ball, runs on the court and does like a two-handed windmill dunk and like crashes the back of the court. Yeah, that'll show her. 
<laughs> oh my gosh. So, I couldn't believe when she said that. I said, I got to use that for something. And it came out on the podcast. So that's good. Love yeah, it. You should, love be, it, you should love be thanking it. her for the free content. Yeah, that's that's the that's the feeling I felt was thankful. So well, it's kind of like so so me being a big Seinfeld fan, are 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 either of you guys big Seinfeld fans? I can't quote it. I've seen many, many episodes. I'll turn on if I have nothing. And I work five blocks from the soup place. No, wow. no soup for you, Rob. You no you shouted out some of the cards you picked up. You know what? Yes, I actually have a autograph by him, but We'll nice. we'll save that for another day. So, so what George did was he combined his love of like all things and combined his <laughs> love of sex with food. So, <laughs> and then and television. So what he did was he brought a little portable TV with him underneath the blankets as he was having sex. Then he was like, and for the trifecta, and he had and he was eating a pastrami sandwich as it. So <laughs> like I'm just picturing like Craig's like wife like opening packs or being like, guess the team. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, that's God. the exact tone. While the World Cup is on at the same time. While the World Cup is on, that's like the trifecta. And then he's got the white shorts on. That, the that, World Cup's ending. Now what am I going to do? I need a new routine. <laughs> I have. Can I, let me show you a card real quick, and I'm going to explain why. This is a, a Vladimir Guerrero rookie yep. card, Tops Fire. Why am I showing you this, and why do I even own it? Um, maybe a year that I love people ask questions, then then answer their own questions. <laughs> well, I'm sure everyone at home is like. What's going on with this Vladimir Guerrero rookie card? I need to. I need to know more. Cliffhanger. You. You know what? You know what you should do is you should end the story and finish it next week, so people have to listen next week. You've done that episode eleven. We're, we're ready for your JJ Reddick story. Remember, you teased the audience. Yeah, oh. that's definitely happening next time. Um, but in all seriousness, the Vlad card. When my wife was my girlfriend at the time, like many years ago, it was the first time, and I guess now that I think about it, the only time that she brought me home cards she surprised me from target and wow. i always used to call them baseball cards you, you, I, I think everyone's kind of in agreement there that we didn't call it sports cards until relatively recently like back in the day it was i collect baseball cards well or that i mean i would call it basketball cards if we were talking basketball <laughs> yeah if, if we, we were what talking if like look at this dan marino baseball rookie card i just got <laughs> well the, yeah, thank you for leading me right into the story is I would always say baseball cards, even though I collected all sports, because that's just the kind of the umbrella name was baseball cards. So she brought me right. home a baseball blaster box, which I didn't really collect baseball. So instead of being like, oh, wow, thank you so much. My reaction was like baseball. And she didn't take too kindly to that. And wow. I felt really but I felt really bad after the fact. I should have been more appreciative of the blast or whatever sport it was. So as a as a consolation prize, I kept this card, which came from the blaster. And that was wow. the first time my wife brought me home some cards. It surprises me, Craig, because usually you're such a gentleman. I know. I yeah. slipped. I slipped in that moment, but she still chose to marry me. So we're all good now. Yeah. So you had to get your card life balance back in order by spending a lot more time and possibly money on your girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> to, to possibly money up. due to your slip up. <laughs> no, no wonder there's been no cards brought home since then. <laughs> oh, that's funny. And I love the, uh, I think our laughs per minute is uh, at a max for all of our episodes. So that's uh, one of the great things of having a friend on the podcast. 
So I was curious, Rob, you mentioned your PC, and we know you're John Stockton, you're Phil Rizzuto, you're Mean Gene Okerlund, the WWE legendary announcer. Um, and so I was curious, because you've been posting in the Wolfpack group chat, about what you're picking up for show inventory or inventory to move on social media. And uh, I was curious what you're picking up, just to share with our audience, and why those cards are the ones you're getting. I tell you what, man, one thing I'm starting to notice and is <clears throat> it's like, so yes, I have my PC of, of cards that I, you know, love and, and want to keep forever, you know, or for a long time. And then I have stuff that I consider my show inventory, right? And, and usually what I do is this. So on the bottom row of my case, right, all these cards that you see like sitting behind me, I bring to shows. Okay, I bring those to shows. I usually post them way over comps, way over comps to the point where no one even asks about them. But people do, if they listen or watch the show, the podcast, whatever, um, you know, a lot of times people come up and they'll, you know, the, the LeBron that I got, the big LeBron that was like a big, a big part of my season too. People walk up to say, "There it is! There it is!" <laughs> Just like that. <laughs> You're so, sure they're not talking about you? Yeah, I know, right? So, so I do enjoy bringing, drawing attention by having like a really fire bottom row to the case, and it's a great conversation starter and all that stuff. But what I realize is the stuff that I think people want for show inventory, they don't want. The stuff that they want is like my PC stuff. So it's like, so it's like people want what they want, and 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 like I'm I can't outthink collectors. I can't outthink collectors. So it's like chances are if I don't want it, chances are they don't want it either. You know what I mean? So like I went on, I went on a spree probably about three months ago, four months ago, and <clears throat> excuse me, I, I was buying up a bunch of nothing but quarterbacks and PSA slabs. I'm like, and, and base, it, it didn't matter. If I was getting it cheap, I was buying it because I'm like, okay, people are going to want to load up on quarterbacks. Uh, the market is down. Uh, people don't have a lot of money. People, you know, the these 30 to $60 quarterback cards are just going to be they're They're, they're going to fly off the shelf. Basically, it's going to be money in the bank for me. And I should have trusted my gut. You know what I mean? I should have trusted it and been like, you know, don't don't even bother putting your money into these because no one's going to want them. And, and you know what? Guess what? No one wanted them. So what do I end up doing? I end up putting them all in a bargain box and I probably got what I paid for them. So it was like money in the bank. It wasn't really like I didn't lose money, but I didn't make money. Um, and then here I am kind of resetting my own inventory. And it, and it does feel like, you know, for for me. So I started setting up at shows probably about 18 months ago. But the reason why I did is because I really wanted to get to know the hobby and I wanted content for the podcast because after like 10 episodes of me doing the podcast, I was like, I felt like I was running out of things to talk about as crazy as that sounds, right? It was like, it's like, what am I going to talk about? Like I need a topic and I'm writing out topics and okay, I should cover this. I should cover that. Luckily I had Craig there that, you know, I was always bouncing ideas off of. I would always say to him, like, listen, man, you have any ideas, throw me some ideas. Who should I bring on? Who should I invite on? You know, uh, 
So, so I actually owe a great deal, honestly, of my, of my success to Craig. I, I really feel that way because, you know, he was someone that, um, you know, Birdman hand rub because he was someone that really like was super supportive of me. He would give me feedback. He would point me in the direction of, of like, you know, good hosts, you know, and, and I, you know, a guy, you know, with a jawline like that, how could you not trust him? And, and I trusted him and that's just what it comes down to, you know? So I started doing shows and before you know it, it feels like every like three to six months, my show inventory, and I put that in quotes, my show inventory turns over. So just recently I'm thinking about now putting my money into like flawless patches and stuff like that and, and flawless cards because I've done that before. I did that about a year ago. I had I had an entire case. It was nothing but national treasures and flawless patches. And the wow. stuff was pretty good. It kind of sold. But the thing is that they're expensive and and you know it is what it is. So I don't know if that answered your question. I feel like I'm babbling. So I apologize if well, I am well what exactly are you what so in this generation of your show inventory what stuff are you specifically looking for? Like the John McEnroe that you picked up was awesome recently. But like <laughs> when you when you're looking at either lots to pick up or like players to buy, like listen, what's the feel? What's the feel to pick up? So so the reason why I picked up that John McEnroe is because it's a 1985 Nike promo. So from the same exact set as the Jordan Nike promo, I forget yeah. who else was in there. Was it Dwight Gooden, uh, McEnroe? I, I can't remember off the top of my head, but I mean, I saw that and and I got it for relatively cheap. I got two of them for relatively cheap. And I was like, I'm going to take it because why not? It, it's something cool. Like like the fact that you're even mentioning it right now on a podcast tells me that like I probably made the right decision in getting it because it was a really quirky kind of purchase. You know what I mean? And and you guys before the show brought up one of my episodes previous just recently with Dan, the great curator and uh, Jeff from Jeff's cards. Yep. And we talked about pop culture cards. And yeah. so I, I always have wrestling. I always have wrestling because I love wrestling. And if I got stuck with all my inventory, I wouldn't be mad at that. So I always have wrestling, um, you know, which I just learned, I guess, is considered a pop culture card. I guess yeah. wrestling isn't considered a sports card because it's not technically a sport. So yeah. I'd say uh, it's close. I'd say pop culture. I mean, with the guys with the personas larger than life feels like yeah. that enters into the pop culture. Kind of like you when you were commentating, when you were the sports broadcaster in Wyoming, you were like larger than life, like giving these guys identities, right? Like Thunder and Lightning and uh, right. and Rich and Creamy. And what was the other one? <laughs> no, no, no. Rich no. and Creamy. I was not referring to any high school athletes as Rich and Creamy. <laughs> but I did. I did, though. This kid, his name was Dante Wallace, and I called him Dante's Inferno. Um, we, we had the really, only um, option there. I know. Tell you, you know, here's my uh, Chris Berman. Speaking of broadcasters and pop culture, this uh, Chris Berman auto that I just got. But um, now, was that an eBay find or or a card? No, this was included in a deal with uh, Jonathan at Collectible Hits, and uh, it was a broadcaster. Chris Berman. Yeah, Chris Berman is so. And now connecting your life to the hobby yet again. You are a broadcaster. Here you are getting broadcaster cards and one of the best to do it 
Yeah. You know what? I heard Chris Berman's a real jerk, though, in real life. I don't know how true that is, but I heard he's like, I think if you go on YouTube, you could look up like worst Chris Berman moments. Like, and it shows him like when he doesn't know the camera's rolling and he's just like a complete jerk. I wonder if his yeah, card market is going to tank after you saying that. I hope not. I hope not. <laughs> don't anti, don't deflate my cards, Rob. You're coming on yeah. our podcast and deflating, not pumping my cards, but deflating them. Well, I didn't talk about Tiger Woods multiple DUIs or anything oh, like that. Oh my! I tried we to gloss over that. I said he didn't have any controversy. Oh my! But anyway, no. Yeah, listen, so listen. The thing is, with with Tiger Woods, though, everyone loves a good comeback story, right? And and I'm someone that believes in second chances, third chances, fourth chances, fifth chances. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, regardless if you guys made a mistake tomorrow, I'm, I firmly believe I would. You know forgive you move on and welcome you back with open arms you know what i mean because you know anything short of of you know killing someone i you know what i mean it's like i I think that we can i don't know i have a lot of forgiveness in my heart man i believe in in 10 chances and and i think that's probably because i work with a lot of people whether it's the homeless population or the inmate population that have done some pretty horrific things but i've gotten to know them through my job i've gotten to know them on a really personal level so you know i I look at people like you know everyone has like some redeeming qualities about them i don't think anyone's incapable of bouncing back from something yeah i i agree and i just was uh speaking of you know your work i was just out um interviewing homeless people on the streets and in the parks of Medford. You're a sports broadcaster. What do you do? Yeah. Yeah, sport, yeah, sports and news too. And so they're like You, you do know, news uh, too? Yeah. Oh, I'm on oh, the I, evening news. That my I main thought you were trying to make a tragic joke for a moment. No, my main job is evening news desk, five, six, and eleven, anchoring and with the straight news. And I get to do sports on Fridays during basketball and football season. So, yeah, so, you know, they were like, what story do you want to do for our ratings period? You know, our, our main period when we sell based on what our ratings are during this period. I said, let me go out and speak to homeless people on the streets and in the parks and find out, like, what really is the problem for them getting help in their own mind. And then bring those questions to our city leaders and find out, you know, because they don't have a direct route to our city leaders from being homeless. They're trying to survive, you know, let alone speak with city officials. And so that kind of, you know, relates to what you were talking about through your job and, and second chances and a comeback story. And by the way, as we know, winning always cures everything. So, you know, speaking of Tiger Woods, I'm, I'm like baffled sometimes at the things that athletes can overcome in the social media you know, public uh, eye and, and topics of conversation by winning. I mean, look at Dennis Rodman too, you know, or guys like that, like just wild and crazy and doing everything under the sun. If you're winning, you're good. Yeah. Dennis Rodman has a daughter who's a star soccer player, Trinity Rodman. Just be on the lookout. That's all I'm saying. Are you pumping Trinity Rodman on your own? Wow. I own zero of her cards, but she does have a few. She's like, she's it. He's like, she's let it. me pull one out real quick. Hold on. I got zero. What I got zero. Just... What are we going to pump next? Bronny James? <laughs> hey, speaking of pop culture, Rob, you might like this one. The game. Is that Akon? 
No, this is the game. Oh. Num numbered one out of three, Pop Century. One out of three. I'm pumping. Are you pumping the game? The hobby game. <laughs> <laughs> nice. You have to think about that one for a second. I'm pumping. Know, you almost caught me. I'm pumping Goldeen, the Pokemon. I'm telling you, she's going to evolve any second now. What? No, this is actually a gift for uh, my uh, my niece, whose name is Goldie. Yes, that's our card. That. Goldeen, Goldeen for Goldie. Which wow. uh, might be it might be a good time to uh, tease our next episode as we're coming up on forty five minutes here, but we're not quite done yet, I don't think. But uh, our next episode, Craig, we're gonna have our secret Santa. And uh, I have your present. I have your present waiting right over here. We're gonna open up our presents for each other live on episode eleven. You guys sent and each other gifts already. We, we did. That after is, we record early after nine dates. Come on, we took it. <laughs> and our tenth, we have a third wheel all of a sudden. <laughs> but I got. I'll, I'll third wheel it with you guys all day long, man. You oh, guys, you know, okay. uh, you guys have an incredible show. So I'll third wheel it any day of the week. I hope we get a chance to all set up together. Us, the cousins, Ken, the pack, everyone, Shane, get some dinner, talk some cards, do a show. I love the shows. Rob, we've only set up twice together, but those are some good quality shows. Shout out to Laz. Laz brings Definitely. the people together. Listen, so I, I think probably the best chance for anything like that to happen would have to be at National. And that's, that's because Carmine is the wild card over here who lives in um, so Oregon or Oregon? Oregon. My Oregon. dad, my dad, he's from New York too, and he always says Oregon. Yeah, that's that's how I pronounce it. Yeah, the Oregon, Oregon. Trail. Yeah, I say Oregon. Yeah. So, yeah, so are, are you guys both going to national this year? It's never too early to start talking about national, by the I know, way. I haven't, I haven't planned on it, but I'm not ruling it out. Okay. It have, hasn't crossed my mind. It's in the summer, right? Yep, end of July. Let me guess, you have a wedding to go to, Craig. I don't know. <laughs> I am right in that age, so there's definitely a chance of it, but I had such an amazing time at the last national, even though I only went for one day, that I think I, I got to go again. It'd be fun to do like a proper overnight too. You were signing autographs and everything, right? Oh, stop! Oh, Rob, you had the autographed. Yeah, what are you store. talking about? You're you were you were please. a star there, set up. No, listen, oh my gosh, listen. please. So, Carmine, are you planning on going to Chicago uh, next year? I don't know. I've thought about it. I'm I'm trying to take that leap. Like I remember one of your earlier podcast episodes, which is great because I really have come up like listening to a lot of your episodes and learning from you know everything that you have dropped out there and i remember you saying you know like taking a leap at some of the bigger cards and that's what i did with the tiger and now i'm taking a leap at some of the bigger shows like when i went to the san francisco card show and uh and just like jumping in and not knowing exactly what's going to happen but taking you know a little bit of a risk or using my card money instead of buying cards to go to these shows. So I'm going to the Burbank show for all four days. Oh. Hopefully our boy, Ken, he said he's, you know, he's one foot in one foot out might go to the Burbank show at sports card lessons. So I would love to meet him for the first time, but uh, oh, Ken's not invite you on the private jet. Not yet. Oh, damn. Maybe next time. I know. Get there. 
but uh, I mean, that's so, a big financial, it's a financial move. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's $400 to split a table with my buddy Jack for four days and then hotel and airfare is another 900. So I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm dropping, you know, 12, 13, 1400 bucks, not to mention food on traveling because you know and craig's talked about this before and you have too rob being in the northeast in uh, new york city and connecticut how many shows you guys have in that area and i'm like our, our cup runneth over yeah and i'm like uh, i need to fill my cup i can't even go to a lot of these shows so but the but burbank you I can't don't wait. necessarily have to set up right like to go to national it doesn't mean you're setting up you oh, go there and you and you go there and you walk the show you know i mean yeah try walking uh, it's not all. Yeah. Comment. Have you been to a big show or you've just set up at one? Like, have you walked one? No, I set up at the San Francisco card show. Um, I set up at the Portland card show, which is a cool kind of like midsize, probably like 75 tables. The San Francisco one was like 200 tables. Burbank. That's, that's a nice size. 200 is a nice size. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, but that's a good idea because I've heard the national prices and I remember you mentioning it, Robert really an investment to go set up there but i would totally be open to walking around and doing trade nights and then just meeting up with you guys and hanging out listen so between ken and i sports card lessons we definitely have a a spot where we're setting up right so um i think it's only one table we are hoping for two i think it's only one but still like one six or one eight foot table like we could really just make that the home base. And if you guys wanted to throw a couple cards in our showcases and stuff like that to try to move, like totally welcome to, you know, I know Ken's probably going to be there for the full, like five or six days. I'm probably going to be there about three of them, but, um, wow. but yeah, that doesn't mean that you need to go there to set up. No, not at all. For sure. Okay. That's a good idea. And do you yeah. think yeah. Craig can Chicago, Chicago in the summertime is amazing. Can we get a chance to man, you and Ken's lifeguard chairs at any point. Uh, listen, now you're now you're pushing it. <laughs> now you're pushing it. That's you like the king throne. So so listen, before we wrap up, because I know you guys are you know running out of time here. Um, so you guys are on episode ten. First of all, congrats for that, right? Because this was Double something digits. that you guys weren't sure if it was going to work, how it was going to come out. Um, what what are your thoughts now after after 10 episodes you guys are 10 episodes in i mean to me the big the big milestones that you really hit in doing a show like this are episode 10 probably 20 or 25 50 mm -hmm. and then 100 right like like really so 10 is your first kind of big milestone to hit so are there any sh like what are your thoughts on how the podcast has gone? Are there any episodes that stand out to you above others? What do you think, Craig? I think about the moment last week. I, I rewatched the clip multiple times where you were talking about your Drew Brees one of one one autograph, and we just had a good laugh about it afterwards. And it was such just like genuine laughter. And I think that's like what we're really getting out of this is we're just having fun doing it. And we're both pretty active and have a lot of stories to share. So at no point during this so far have I been like, man, what are we going to talk about? There always seems to be things that happen. And you and I, we, ha we have a good time with this. And the feedback's been good. So I no plan. 
no plan, just kind of taking it week by week, but it's been a lot of fun so far. And you're, you've been a tremendous help, Rob, as well. You're the trailblazer. All right. You, you showed us how to, how to do it right. Appreciate yeah. that. Appreciate that. Yeah. Carmine, what about you, man? Like, are there any episodes that really stand out to you or. I really liked the Mount Rushmore one. Just because... I like that one too. I like yeah. that one too, because it, you guys really set like the visual. Yeah. Thanks, Rob. And it kind of reminded me of your pyramid of collecting, which was quite a long while ago that you did that episode. But you, you yeah. know, you're talking about goats over prospecting and which, you know, quarterbacks and different type of guys. And then, you know, vintage. And then, of course, Mickey Mantle and the Hulkster were at the top. So I like those episodes that you can go back and reference like, you know, Craig being a teacher, my mom was a college professor for 40 years and just retired. And so I think we both have that, like wanting to give back, wanting to whatever little knowledge or ability we have to share. We just love to like share that back, whatever we can give and then include other people. And so I feel like with that Mount Rushmore, it's tangible things that you can look at and to consider like, oh, what is really important as the foundational pieces of my collection or even the foundational pieces of my show inventory. And then it was so funny last episode when Craig was talking about how his buddy told him uh, to reconsider his own Mount Rushmore when trying to buy a Polisic. And I was like, that's so that's great so to have great. those foundational things to look back on and just remember like the cliff notes of what your collection should look like in your own mind i i liked uh definitely and and all that and all the episodes you guys mentioned so far but another one that stands out to me was i think it was two weeks ago and it was about being comfortable with your collection and i think mm -hmm. that's where that jj reddick story really originated and um you know so i, I remember the jj reddick and i'm like wow I need to hear the rest of this JJ Reddick story now. And I think I even text you guys about it. Like, as I was listening to it, like, I need to know about this. And also, um, you know, it's crazy because when you have, when you have a platform, right? Like you guys have now, people are listening to what you're saying and you guys are invoking emotion because Carmine, you're, when you picked up that Lob City card, right it immediately brought me back and you guys spent a little bit of time talking about lob city where they ranked right like look at that i mean it's a beautiful card holy moly it's a beautiful card and <clears throat> i think about where i was at in my life when lob city when 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 chris paul finally made the jump right to the clippers and, and i can remember blake griffin saying man it's gonna be like lob city and it was like whoa you know and it was like and it's, so it's like by you making that purchase, you were probably weren't thinking about the show. You weren't thinking about anyone else other than you and why you wanted that card and what that card would mean to you. You brought that to your show. And because you guys brought that to your show, that sent me down my own mental rabbit hole about Lob City, where I was at in my life during those years and, and how far I've come in my life. So it's, it's, it's pretty crazy that, you know, what you can really spark in someone's mind when they're listening to you guys just kind of banter. Yeah. Wow. yeah. That, that was that's interesting. No, I mean, we try to provide value. Yeah. So every episode includes a tidbit. That's, you know, our own experiences that hopefully someone out there can relate to. 
um, you know, thought-provoking conversation, I think. Yeah, and I love how many laughs and smiles and, you know, just good times that we're having, too, and, like, part of the escape of the hobby. And so before we let you go, Rob, you mentioned the J.J. Reddick PC, which, you know, to throw it back on you, was inspired by you going back to collecting and the Gene Okerlund and the Phil Rizzuto and the John Stockton, guys who aren't super expensive, but guys who were important and influential in your, you know, sports fandom. And so before we let you go, I was curious, why did you think now was the time to dive into those PC items? Well, you know, I think kind of half answering what I had said before, like, I, I think when the market is super uncertain, you know, when, when values you don't know what they're doing or where they're going. It's one thing if if <clears throat> if markets are completely stable, right? If every card in the world was worth a dollar and you knew it, they weren't going up, they weren't going down, collect what you love, it would be pretty simple. But when you're going through some market volatility, but you still want to be active in the hobby and not just active in the hobby because you can be active without buying, but I know the lane that I'm in part of my activity part of my participation is required like pie chart is purchasing cards so i still need to scratch that itch you know what i mean it's like i'm addicted like i still need to scratch that itch like i want to buy something that i love that is meaningful so i went down the rabbit hole and <clears throat> on top of maybe being priced out of the whole kogan market for a little while or not wanting to spend too big a money on a Hulk Hogan card. I also don't know a single Mean Gene Okerlund collector. I've never even heard of someone being having a Mean Gene PC. So I think immediately I probably put myself like in the top five worldwide of Mean Gene, you know, PCs, you know, and and I would imagine Carmine, you're probably right there with your J. I bet JJ Reddick's probably got more collectors than you think, actually. But yeah. you know, I, I think you know. So I wanted to do something that was unique and safe. And don't get me wrong, I'm still spending money. You know, it's like you know, I I got the 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 black and gold select one of one Mean Gene. That's the most expensive card I've gotten of him. And that was 250 bucks. Wow. So that's not anything to sneeze wow. at. So $250 mean Gene Elkron card. You know, I got one of his autograph cards from the NWO um, WCW set. That was 200. So it's like, you know, I've, 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 you know, I've probably invested about a grand into, into this set, but it's been so much fun. It's been so much fun doing it and curating it and and seeing people's responses to it you know people are like oh my god mean gene you know like you know it's 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 cool it's fun that's the key word there fun yeah we're yeah. having yeah. fun and if you're not having fun think about your mount rushmore what do you want to be picking up but yeah that's mm. that's very inspiring you are you are the mean gene collector it's what you like figure out what you like and stick to it they're like, yeah, let me introduce you to my buddies. You know, Craig, he's the, uh, you know, he's the Pulisic guy. And Carmine, man, if you want anything flawless, anything chunky patches, he's your guy. Rob, Mean Gene. <laughs> mean Love that yeah. identity. Don't, don't mention your uh, collector's edition Hulk Hogan purple that, uh, you know, only a few people have ever gotten their hands on. Yes. 
the PMG man. Let me tell you that. Yeah, it's definitely one of those cards that I'm like, did I spend that much money on a Hulk Hogan card? It's the most expensive Hulk Hogan card I've ever bought. But uh, you know, it's I love it though. It's it's pretty. Thank you. Well, Craig, what do you think? We're coming up on an hour here with our buddy. I, I think. Uh, what what else do you guys have to say in closing remarks? This was this was just a good time. You know, this is talking like we normally do. Again, going back to what we're saying, hopefully we all provided some value. Rob, you uh, you do the hobby the right way. I like to, to put it simply. So you keep up the good work. You keep inspiring. Thank you for helping us get to this point. And, you know, we hope to follow in your footsteps. Well, you know, I appreciate you guys having me on. I appreciate me being the first guest, and I'm pretty sure I, I suggested that a couple times. I'm like, I better be the first guest. <laughs> I think I actually said that to you guys, and, and was it the was it a text message or something? I'm like, I better be the first guest on there because uh, it was a no brainer. Yeah, no, I appreciate it, man. You guys are you guys are doing incredible stuff, and uh, you guys are going to be, you know, definitely you know, in those top 10 lists next year, you know, for, for podcasts and content creators, because the con the, the content is there. It's high quality stuff. And you guys are adding something to the hobby. You're not just taking up space. You guys are, you're genuinely adding something to it. So it's a, it's been a privilege and a pleasure coming on. Thanks a lot, Rob, man. What a, what a guest number one, episode 10 guest number one, and hopefully uh, many more to come, but, yeah, we really appreciate the the impact that you had on us, Rob, and the rest of the hobby. And I still remember our first deal together when I uh, hit you up and I said, "Hey, the Magic Johnson, the Magic Johnson National Treasures Game Gear on card auto with a big patch numbered out of twenty five. And I threw out this offer to Rob, and he said, "You know what? I'll give it to you since you're since you're a listener, and I appreciate you." And is that like, what I said? Oh, yeah, yeah. Nice, and I was man. like, you know, I really. And then we stayed in contact through that. And then I did that video for you and Amil when I was editing it and uh, you guys at national. Yep. And, you know, I just really appreciate the kindness that you've showed to me and Craig and uh, helping us along this journey and just being a good guy in the hobby. I mean, there's a lot to be said for just like putting out good morals, good lessons, good values. Good family, and, man. Yes. And the cards are just a vehicle to express those things that, like you said, you evoke emotion in people too yeah yeah absolutely absolutely um do you have a uh do you have a uh a sports cast zinger before we wrap up any and do you have a carmine original maybe that you've been stewing on in the vault because i saw your greatest hits uh video you had uh, <laughs> and he was speeding in a school zone and yeah. i don't know about jelly but he sure like him. <laughs> yeah breaking the law speeding in a school zone Yep. is my one for when somebody's running away from the pack on football, you know, cause it, it kind of makes sense. And, you know, and it's a little bit corny on brand for our show. And then the one that I feel like is appropriate for you, Rob, I mean, since you're, you're a, you're a post player, you know, Craig enters the ball into the post. Rob Gerard has patented step down and some people like jelly, but Rob prefers jam. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Love it. All right, Craig, you're you're our exit guy. How do you want to take us out? I'll see you next week for Secret Santa. Can't Peace. wait. Thanks, Rob. <laughs>